One of the scores, position rankings rundown, reaches its conclusion today with the running back position. It was quite an interesting year for the entire position. We're going to talk all of that, talk about which players impressed, which ones didn't, and who we can expect to be in the top 25 perhaps next year. And we'll also talk about the conference championship games, which will be happening on Sunday as well. Let's get ready for some football, and let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott and Tom. Hey, everybody. I'm back. The weary traveler has returned to us, and it's great to have you back, Tom. Thanks. Happy to be back in the chair. Yep. The mission's over. The secret mission. Guess what? Bond won again. Mm. (laughs) And he's back. (laughs) Did Killian die every day? That's right. That's right. That's a James Bond movie. Way to go, Tom. What's what's the one called coming out? Uh, no time to die. There you go. No time to die, Tom. That's <laughs> this week was no time to die. No. Or last week. Or any week. Yeah. Good luck out there. Yeah. We were we were concerned about the absence for Tom, uh, but. Glad you only missed one episode. Especially glad to have you back at the running back position. This is a position that Tom always seems to have a great finger on the pulse of uh, throughout the year. And this year, there was never a better year to have your finger on the pulse of the running back position than this year. I think this year, more than any, the running back position proved to be a position that you have to be constantly evaluating because even some of the guys on this top 25 list faded hard down the stretch and some guys that didn't quite make the top 25 were really matchup shifting players in a lot of cases for example down the stretch. Stretch. a guy like miles gaskin yeah and that could bring us right into our honorable mentions uh, i was going to bring him and, and jk dobbins up in the same light and they're just guys who, who stick out to me that if they got the full go you know if they got the full bell cow type treatment that they did start to get towards the second half last year even jk dobbins still splitting work with gus bus was putting in work but if he just got that workload the whole year yeah and if you know gaskin got the chance from week one instead of us watching Jordan Howard go 10 carries for eight yards and two touchdowns early on, if you remember that. I think these these two would have been easy top 25 finishers. Yeah. Yeah, no joke, Scott. I think that actually happened more than once. Yeah, with Howard a couple times. It was disgusting. I think he had like five touchdowns in his first three weeks. To be fair, it's, I think we can all agree it's quite possible we may never see Jordan Howard on an NFL field again. Yeah. What a way to go out. <laughs> uh, Gaskin was 11th in, in on a points per game basis as well, which is which is pretty amazing. All right, let's get. I'd like a full season of that, please. Right, we've right. we've picked up the pilot episode uh, today or yesterday. I think was uh, the 15 year anniversary of Breaking Bad season uh, series premiere. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and order yeah. another season of that one. Yeah, wow. speaking yeah. of guys who finished high in, in, a, in a points per game regard, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I was just number, number one, one running back by points per game basis. John Mixon was number nine. Eckler was 14. Raheem Mostert was 27 in points per game. But if these guys were able to play the full season, uh, Saquon you could throw in there as well, who, who got hurt early, obviously. But uh, they all likely would have finished within the top 25 as well. So you're going to see some names on this list where you're like, really? I had that guy in my yep. team, and I was afraid to play him every week. Yeah, like number 25, as long as we're okay to start with your honorable mention, Scott. Yeah, that's it. 
Uh, let's talk about James Conner. Not quite the contract year you want out of a running back. Uh, he does finish in the top 25. He plays most of the game. He played 12 out of the 15 eligible games, of course. As you guys know, when we do these rankings, it's from week 1 to 16. Week 17, most leagues aren't playing, in their cha- aren't playing fantasy football at that point. Stats from week 17 are not counted towards this. And Connor did play in week 7. Or did he? He might not have actually. He did. Um, he did. I have him up. I'm going to bring these guys up individually to just bring up when they when they took their plunges into the end zone and stats like yeah. that. Uh, James okay. Conner, he really started out the year pretty good. And, That's right. Um, you know, you were feeling like you took him in, you know, the third, fourth round, and you it felt like you really hit pay dirt. Because um, yep. he had a touchdown in week two, week three, week five, because he had a bye in week four, week six, and week eight. And then he didn't score again until week 16. So he mm. really left you high and dry at the midway point of this season. And that's why you probably have a bitter taste in your mouth. But it's also why he made the top 25. Fresh legs James Conner is like – he's a top 15 running back, right? Yeah. But the problem with him has been his whole career. He just gets too nicked up along the way. He gets too long along the way. And I'll tell you what. This offensive line was supposed to be dominant, right? It was supposed to be creating these huge holes like it was for Connor at the beginning. It was pretty bad this year, and everyone struggled. It wasn't yeah. just Connor. No, Lance Snell couldn't run the ball. Uh, McFarland couldn't run the ball. Jalen Samuels never runs the ball. Their quarterbacks never run the ball. No. So their running game really, in total, was non-existent. I, you know, he's going to be a free agent coming in this next year. I would be shocked if they resign him unless it's in a backup role. And it will be interesting to see what happens there. And even if Connor comes back to the Steelers, the question of who is playing quarterback for said Steelers, I think, becomes an issue with his value because they may not get a guy who checks down as often as Big Ben did this year. They got other issues. reception totals. They got other issues, I think, than running back. You yeah. know, wouldn't stun me to see Benny Snell and McFarland splitting split yeah. for him, but I, I bet they'll end up with somebody. All right, we go to another oft injured running back at number twenty-four, but. This guy's stretch down the at the end of the season really opened some eyes. I think it's David Johnson ended up with around almost 900 total yards and seven total touchdowns in his first season with the Texans. You know, if I if I'm going to bring up who's throwing the ball to James Conner next year, uh, we have to bring it up with David Johnson because Deshaun Watson seems to be. You know, I'm going to I'm going to step in and say I, I don't think I really care if you really look at David Johnson's production mm-hmm. this year. Did you know that he only had two games all season where he was active and had under double digits and half PPR, and one of those games, wait, only two all year that he was active and went under double digits and half PPR. It's true. Okay, and and one of the games was in was against Jacksonville in the first quarter when he got a concussion and had to come out. So really, only one full game he played that was against Baltimore, a top five run defense, basically wire to wire. It was it was the only game he went under double digits, half PPR. I don't really care who his quarterback is if he's going to get to work and he's going to look like he did in weeks 15, 16, and seventeen. I'm going to be all over David Johnson again. Next Whatever week. the Texans paid the Cardinals to get David Johnson. It must have been worth it. <laughs> That's all I could think about. When, oh, oh, oh! It was the Hopkins trade. Yeah, that, that was okay. That was pretty bad. But I know Tom was a David Johnson guy coming into this year, and you know he misses some games in the middle. But I think overall you were pretty happy. Points per game, really good. Yeah, I mean, for what you paid, you got a good running back that you could use, especially in PPR. Crazy thing is, they barely seem to realize it until the end of the year. You got in uh, week 15 when they give him 11 targets, 11 catches, 106 yards. Oh, 
Before that, they're throwing in the ball, you know, three, four times because you got Duke Johnson over there too. When in reality, David Johnson is actually his cut. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. But when in reality, David Johnson's probably a better receiving option, even though that's Duke Johnson's specialty. Absolutely. David I think Johnson's Duke Johnson's contract is up, and it's going to be really interesting. You look at a team like this, too. You try to try to peek ahead to see what they're doing. There's no way, there's no reason for them to waste picks or money on a running back position. They've got enough money in the running back position with David Johnson. Yeah. So I think he's he's due for another touchdown like this, where his floor probably is around here. And his ceiling, maybe it's not a top 10 running back, but if his volume stays high like it did at the end of the season, there's a good chance that he could have a very productive season next year. I'm interested in where he's going to land. I mean, if you draft David Johnson or even James Conner to go back, like you're drafting these guys knowing that you're not getting 15 games out of them in a 16-week fantasy football season. You're just not going to, especially with David Johnson at this point in his career. He's, he's getting closer and closer to 30 as we go. But in the fifth round to get 13 half PPI yeah. points per week when he does play, it's pretty good. Speaking of closer and closer to 30, uh, our next guy – oh, wait, no. Uh, a little sneak peek at number 22. <laughs> number 23, uh, this was a late-season surge, the likes of which we really haven't seen too much of. J.D. McKissick. Yeah. I mean, 75 catches. Yeah. Well, Alex, Smith, targets. Alex Smith went to uh, the Philip Rivers. Rest in peace, Philip Rivers. Enjoy your retirement. I'll miss you forever. But Alex Smith went to the Philip Rivers School of Dumpdowns. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened for McKissick here. Um, McKissick, I think, is the kind of player, though, that, like, even I don't know what his contract situation is, but, like, every team in the NFL can use a guy like McKissick. He's small, he's shifty, he gets open, he can make those quick plays for you, get quick first downs. This guy caught 80 passes this year. Caught, caught him out of the slot, caught him out of the backfield. He's a really interesting player. I, I mean, I, I would be surprised if he finishes, you know, within the top 25 next year, especially with all the guys we brought up in the honorable mention who were banged up. But uh, this was a really impressive season, and it shouldn't be taken for granted. It seems like what Washington wants to do going forward, based on when Antonio Gibson was healthy uh, towards the end of the season, is Ron Rivera kind of wants to make Gibson and McKissick some sort of combination back to somewhat equal what Ron Rivera had McCaffrey doing Seems in like his that. offense. And McCaffrey scores enough for two running backs, so that means that the Washington offense might be a, might have enough touches to give you two running back twos next season as well, just like they did this year. Especially if Captain Dumpdown's out there. Exactly, if Captain Dumpdown's there. Yeah, he had uh, five speaking games of- with over double-digit targets. That's the, that's the one individual stat to really point out for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of dump downs, or just taking a dump on your fantasy value, number 22, the former Todd man, Todd Gurley. He was a Todd man early on in the season. He was as high as he was as high as RB9 as late as week 11. And he finishes here as RB22 because from week six through nine, he failed to have a single game averaging over three yards per carry while seeing at least 15 carries in each one of those games. That is an insane stats. Basically, like he couldn't break off one 15-yard run in any one of those games. Nope. Just getting completely shut down, right? You see Brian Hill come in, he looks better than him. You see um, Edo Smith come in, who actually ends up being the start of the end of the year, which is why after Gary's Week 10 bye, he did not have a single double-digit half PPR performance. Yep. 
It's not good. And it only looks worse in the future. He didn't play above 40% of snaps after the bye. Usually you get healthier after the bye. But I I think they just gave up on him. I think they did too. You know, it's really interesting. He was on a one-year deal. He goes into a loaded running back for agent class with rookies coming in. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of starting spots for running backs available, I think, across the NFL. Could be a ton. But I can't imagine many jumping at the chance to take Todd Gurley after a season like this. I mean, I'm not. I can tell you that. He fell off the face of the earth. Yes. Yes, he certainly did. And even just going back to like two years ago. He was like running away with RB one, and then he lost it to McCaffrey. Yeah, or I think it might have been McCaffrey. I don't know who it was, but I think he, I mean, was RB one three years ago. It's it's insane what's happened to Todd Gurley over the last few years. Yeah, it really is. Let's talk about a guy with some more upside. A person who is on this list in large part to the legend Philip Rivers. Yes, we're talking, of course, about the checkdown king himself. Naheem Hines. He's one of Tom's boys this year. I mean, <laughs> I think he's one of the only guys on this list who had a rushing, receiving, and punt return touchdown. But that's pretty cool. Yep, that's very cool. Uh, did he have a punt return touchdown? If he didn't, he definitely had two last year. <laughs> or came close this year. I'm looking at his logs. I don't see one, but he deserves one. Naeem Hines is awesome. I gave him uh, the $62, $61 treatment. Right, Scott, 61 yeah, I think so. Sixty-one dollars fab after week one when he exploded for twenty-seven point seven eight versus Jacksonville. People you laughed in my face when he got two point two the next week. But man, did he turn it on when you needed him? He had some twenty spots. He had some big games. He had touchdowns. He has, of course, his uh, well-respected receiving floor. That's Naheem Hines, a legend of twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned for him coming up in twenty twenty one. You look at his game log and half PPR, 10 of the 16 weeks that we look at, he was under double digits. So even though he finished his RB21, it was really on the back of those big games that Tom brought up, weeks 1, 8, and 10. But was tough, what was tough with him is during those weeks, those weeks leading up to like the week leading up to week 8 when he goes bonkers against the Titans, he was playing absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot. It took a lot of gumption to stick him in your starting lineup. And that's what I'm afraid of. Is is Naeem Hines going to be floating around this 20 to 30 running back range? Yeah, that could be great, but we have no idea when those weeks are going to come. Mm-hmm. And the floor is, is really kind of non-existent, especially in half PPR. In full PPR, he's kind of bailed out by those receptions. But for sure, I mean, he's a Boomer Buzz guy. There's a lot of people on this list who are just that this season. You know? For sure. I mean, that's, that's kind of the problem with this position. I did some research. Robert Tunyon was tight end three this year. We mentioned he would have been like wide receiver 37. He would have been running back 25. Robert Tunyon now scored James Conner this year. And if you really want to get crazy, Jason Sanders would have been a top 15 running back this year. Yeah, It was a tough year for the position. I asked you, like, what was it the year before? Sorry, I was going to say, that's why kickers shouldn't score that much. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Because Jason Sanders was, you know, no one was like, oh, I need to get yeah. Jason Sanders as my kicker. It was just yeah. completely. Jason random. Sanders finished directly ahead of Antonio Gibson. But I asked, but I asked Don, like, what, uh, 
what about the year before, right? So yeah. the year before the kicker went back like running back twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, so it's, the it's kicker moved up six spots from yeah. last year. It's kind of so crazy. it's typically in the twenties where the number one kicker for a season finishes. Also worth mentioning that Young Hui Koo um, was kicker too. Kicker missed like a game. This. Probably would have finished right around where Sanders did. Either way, like it's really like it should be in the twenties, which is again nerf your kicker. It's not that hard. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter that, that much. Uh, but anyway, uh, we move on to DeAndre Swift. Young guy, his rookie year, crowded backfield. He makes his way through the crowd towards the end of the season. The only issue, and this is something that a lot of young running backs are tend to struggle with, is he fumbles a lot. Or he at least he fumbled a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, that that's something that a lot of for a lot of running backs ends up being correctable in their career. But you know, I don't really care as much about that. I care more about the fantasy points, right? He finishes RB twenty as he's fighting off AP and carry on Johnson all year. But he also finishes RB twenty, missing some truly incredible matchups. Mm-hmm. Because of the concussion. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to nitpick here and there, but if he plays against Carolina and against Houston and scores another oh, Thanksgiving and scores another twenty points, a modest twenty points, he moves all the way up to RB thirteen, RB twelve. So he was so close to being uh, an elite running back. Obviously, injury got in the way, and it wasn't an injury uh, long-term. Hopefully not. Hopefully he doesn't develop a concussion history, but it's hopefully, you know, it's seemingly something that he can get back on the right track mm-hmm. for, and maybe people will look at him and say, oh, I was only RB20 last year. Maybe he's, he's not worth it, and he slides a little bit, because th- that is amazing to me. If he plays against Carolina and Houston, he could get another 40 points in those two games, yeah. and, and he could have finished RB10. Yeah, it I mean, could have been a truly amazing season just, just from give those what, two games. Give him what AP did in those two games, and he probably ends up with 40 extra points. Right, exactly. You're absolutely right. You know, a better catcher of the ball out of backfield. Detroit, is Detroit going to have Matthew Stafford, I think, may end up becoming an interesting question worth asking uh, next season for his prospects. But I do think if you know if they're going – New quarterback in Detroit. I mean, they, you're they're losing in the run game. They're losing Marvin Jones. They're losing uh, Danny Amendola. They're losing Kenny Galladay. Yep. So they're losing like all their pass catchers. So DeAndre Swift is going to have you know uh, a chance to get more receptions next year. He should have a better chance to get more carries next year. And if he just gives himself the chance to play against Carolina and Houston this mm-hmm. year, he's a top fifteen back, no problem. Yeah, he's- Tom, is that how you're saying it? Yeah, he's really set up nicely statistically. I mean, he didn't even get more than five rushing attempts until after his bye in week five. And it's part of that where we saw, you know, short training camp, stuff like that. So once they worked him into the system, then they really started using him double-digit carries all the time. And uh, this guy had 10 touchdowns. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Double-digit touchdown guys are Mm -hmm. rarer than you think. And I doubt he'll go for a premium. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I think I'm gonna be very in on this guy going into next year's draft class. Gonna be tough not to, especially if they don't put anybody else in that room. AP on a one-year deal could be looking really good for DeAndre Swift. These next couple guys coming up, the next few I'm interested in because they were kind of letdowns, but especially the next two because these guys were late end first round, early second round picks. We'll start with Miles Sanders, who finishes at 19. Uh, six touch, six rushing touchdowns. Actually, didn't have a receiving touchdown this year, uh, which he had a couple of in his rookie season. Quite frankly, the guy who drafted Miles Sanders in all my leagues missed the playoffs. 
So I think that is going to leave a sour taste in people's mouths, but it also isn't going to tell the story of how dynamic he did look when he was right. He played hurt. He missed a couple of games. He played 12 out of the 15 possible games that we were considering for this data poll. So here's the cool, the cool stats that I found while I was going through this, right? And you think about the Eagles. They had offensive ineptitude. They had Miles Sanders. Cool they had their, off, their own offensive line, too, was just battered with injury, too. Yeah. So it was a tough season from the jump for the Eagles and especially Miles Sanders. But you think about the capability that he has. 74-yard touchdown run against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. 82-yard touchdown run against New Orleans, who hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in at least 100 games, according 150. to the <laughs> So there's a, there's a lot to be excited about there. He stopped getting touches in the middle of the season because Doug Peterson just kind of lost his way. And, you know, there was a game where he only got he six yards. Yeah, he ends up losing his job, right? But it's rumored that Deuce Staley might be the head coach, and this guy loves Miles Sanders. He spent all summer talking about how he wanted to get it's Miles Sanders the, the guy. We need to feature him. If he becomes the head coach, I can see Miles Sanders being right back at the value we all thought it was going to be this year. He was plus 700 at one point on FanDuel, and I was like, I kind of want to put five bucks on this. <laughs> I, I, really I, that that I did, and I didn't, which sucks because I hope he does too. Josh McDaniel is also considered for that job. Will be interesting to see what he does there. Uh, a lot of different, a lot of different places to go with Miles Sanders. He won't be as pricey next year, which I think does make him an interesting value guy because uh, I think he can easily be a league winner at, at the RB two position for next season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he winds up going. Yeah, I mean, he could be RB one. I mean, he's he's, right? he's he's he's, uh, he's good across the board. Not a lot of notes when he plays. You play him. That kind of guy. Yep. Yeah, for sure, right? I, I and like I said, hitting those those big plays against those types of defenses and teams that sticks out to me like crazy. Sure. Up next, number eighteen, the highest drafted rookie of the year, with great reason, and in some cases he performed well enough to earn that, and in most in other cases he didn't. It was a bit of an up and down season for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It was all there, though. Yeah. So there, I think there was it boiled down to two reasons why. He didn't finish, you know, at the level that we thought he was going to finish. The first one was simply because the touchdowns just didn't really come for him this year. No. And you, it, it, takes you all the way, it takes you all the way back to week one where you remember him just getting stuffed on the goal line over and over. He, he couldn't even, you know, as soon as he touches the ball in the backfield, he's getting tackled. And it's just like, maybe this is, you know, looking back now, hindsight bias, it, it was a sign for the entire year that he was just going to struggle to get into the end zone. And then that didn't really matter for a while, though, right? Because he's racking up yards, even against the Bills. I think he didn't score a touchdown, but he had 160 rushing yards, right? So he's racking up yards, he's racking up receptions. But then, Reason number two comes into the fold, and that's what really nukes him. And that's the signing of Le'Veon Bell. The really up to this point has been proven to be a little bit inexplicable by the Chiefs <laughs> of signing Le'Veon Bell, who they didn't even use at all last week <laughs> when CPUs were inactive. Didn't they um, trade for him too? No, the Jets cut him. Yeah, the, the Jets cut him, and they signed him immediately and gave him like prove yourself touches. You know, they gave him these touches that took away from CEH. So his volume goes away. His touchdown capability was gone, and he just became this middling option. You know what's going to really sell me on him next year? And this is such wild speculation. I probably shouldn't even say it, but I'm going <laughs> to. If he's one of those guys that you get the Roto World tweet of, like, CEH put on 15 pounds of muscle, <laughs> that's going to really move the needle for me. Because if, like, if he just gets, like, a little bigger, a little tougher, a little stronger – He's going to be their guy. And Le'Veon Bell, he's on a one-year prove-it deal. 
he might he's I can easily see him hitting you know getting his Super Bowl with the with the Chiefs and just going wherever the money is next season. So if he's out of the picture, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with Damian Williams who opted out of this season. There's a lot that could still break right for CH. And just like Miles yeah. Sanders, he'll be discounted because there's going to be a sour taste in football. And wouldn't you want a piece of the of the highest scoring offense? He's going to the be, be the cheapest piece. He's going to be the cheapest. Harry exactly. Holmes Group. Yep. Uh, Tom, I think you're muted. Sorry about that, Don. To your point, he's only five uh, listed at like five eight or five nine, and mm-hmm. two hundred uh, and two hundred something pounds already. So another 15 pounds of muscle, that would be um, pretty insane. He looks like Doug Martin. Yeah, muscle hands. <laughs> muscle hands are 2.0. I mean, I'm ready for muscle hands. H and CH stands for hamster. <laughs> Clyde Edwards, hamster. <laughs> and that's how nicknames are born on one up the score. Number Clyde 17. Edward, hamster. <laughs> hamster. Scotty French. Speaking of thick boys. Ronald Jones, number 17. Yes, this is my he, guy. He was really, really good after like week five. He fought injury. He fought Fournette. He fought Arians at times. You know, Arians just benching him after a fumble, things like that. Uh, and, and you know, he, he fought his own drops. He's not an incredible receiver, but the dude runs very hard. Um, a lot of the times when we watched the Bucks this year, it felt like Ronald Jones had a nice big run. In every one of their games, you know, a nice 30, 40, 50, 60 yard run. Maybe it didn't go for a touchdown, but he had a lot of big runs. Um, I don't think that, you know, when he was healthy, you know, and really points per game basis, he was a fringe RB1 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that because of all the injuries he's endured and the lack of his receiving ability, there is no way this guy's going to go into this to next season as the bell cow for them. And maybe it's not Leonard Fournette, but someone's going to be there. And that puts him on the RB2 slash 3 fringe as opposed to a fringe RB1. Like like I said, he was when he was healthy. I think it's going to be a situation where he's like the first and second down guy, and they have a third down guy who's also usable. I think that's where Kashawn Vaughn may step into a bigger role next season because uh, they also have Michelle McCoy, who another experiment that kind of didn't work for the Bucks yeah. here. Um, although Fournette's been great in the playoffs. Yeah, and AB uh, was great for a little while too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually think he has a sneaky chance of being the guy next year. I mean, he leaves games this year with uh, over 20 carries in three instances. He does get his targets, but they did start to wane toward the end of the year. Um, and, you know, he, he was just a little unhealthier around week 15 and 16. But, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette has his own issues. He's been playing well right now, to your point. And Keyshawn Vaughn, when he got his chances, he did not shine. So no. it could be Ronald Jones by default, and you know, it goes that way. Yeah, I would be, I would be so happy with that. I would love to see him, even just get the volume that he did this year because he proved to be effective. Yep, could be a top six- destination. Ooh, a back up to him, Ugh. mix in. Yeah, I feel yeah, like they, I feel like I just feel like they're gonna get, they're gonna, you know. Add somebody like they have uh, yeah. in the past. Number 16, going into his free agency year, Chris Carson. Uh, another season with nine touchdowns, four receiving, which was awesome. Um, 
He missed time, as he almost always does. He only played 11 out of the 15 possible games. Still turns in a nearly RB1 performance. He was very good this year when he played. 14 and a half points per game in half PPR. That's a that's a big number. That's probably within the top 10. Uh, this is a team that really wants to run the ball a lot more than they did this year. Uh, it would be so interesting if they re-sign him. Um, you know me, I'm... I'm I'm on the I'm in the group that you never really re-sign the running back, especially when he's never made it through a season fully healthy. Carson was tenth in uh, points per game. Yeah, thank you. So he was a top ten back in points per game, which is damn good. But uh, I think that if I was the Seahawks, unfortunately, I would probably move on from him. Yeah, and Rashad Penny came back draft. towards the end of this year. They could draft somebody. history. Because they're going to have to pay Metcalf. They got rough yeah. on his mega contract. And Carson's going to go get money from somebody, you'd think. Because he's yeah. incapable. He can, he, this year, really, like you said, four receiving touchdown shows that you can be a bell cow back. You know, he, he mm-hmm. caught like almost 40 balls, I believe, too. So he can do it all in the backfield. Be interesting to see if someone signs him to give him that chance. I'll tell you what, though. If I'm Chris Carson, I'm giving Seattle a look if they offer me a contract because. So far, everything coming out of camp says that they're going to run the ball more. And, you know, if I can get maybe a one-year deal because it, I didn't get the money I wanted to, maybe get another chance at, at a bunch of targets to impress other teams, There's I might go for that. There's definitely a, a good chance of him going back yeah. there. The running back position is going to be wild in the offseason, same with quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I love Chris Carson. He's, you know, one of those balanced running backs, just like you're talking about. If he played 16 games, he's locked to be an RB1 just on – Amount of carries, amount of targets, and amount of touchdowns. He's everything you want. Yeah. Melvin Gordon's first year in Denver turns in a top 15 running back performance. Wow. I got to say, I didn't see it coming. It was a little of attrition, I think, for Gordon. 189 carries. He ends up with 38 catches, or um, 28 catches. I believe it's 13. I don't remember. Yeah. It's a classic Melvin Gordon. Nine total touchdowns. And I, th- I thought it was 10 total, but. Maybe nine, nine or ten, just barely over a thousand total yards. You know, he's he scrapes and his catches. You got nine. Oh well, ten um, with the receiving touchdown. Sorry, that's where the disconnect. Okay, is. yeah, there you go. Um, so he had four games with less than six points in half PPR, but he also had three separate two touchdown games. So it kind of washed those out a little bit, and then the rest of them he just got decent enough volume. What's really interesting for him is he goes into a contract year with Denver this year, and Philip Lindsay's off the books for them. He's a free agent. So, oh, yeah. So, will Melvin Gordon be a huge volume monster? Maybe not. But if they don't get somebody to take a Philip Lindsay role, any type of small volume that Melvin Gordon can reach off, you can see him creep up. You know, he only needed 21 points to get up to RB10. Yeah. So he wasn't far off from an RB1 finish. And, I mean, there were games that Denver won this year because Melvin Gordon was on their team. Like, he will do a couple of wins. The Jets game, there was another one where he was just breaking off long run after long run. I think there was one where they beat the Chargers. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Revenge game. Of course. Of course. And he gets two more at that uh, next year. And then it's over. Then he doesn't have any more revenge games against Chargers. He's a real RB1 candidate for the same reasons. I think when we get into these guys, I don't want to say it every single time now, but the guys that score, they get a bunch of targets and they get a bunch of carries. Obviously, it translates really well. If you can do all three of those things, if you can do just one of those things, like you think of your JD McKissicks or whatever, you can crack this list that we're talking about. But it's when you do all three at different times and – you know, sometimes all at once, Melvin Gordon has these two touchdown games, multiple yeah. catches, 15 more carries. 
then you really explode. Yeah, that's when you're an automatic to make the list. Yeah. One of the things we probably expected a little bit more of was Kenyon Drake targets. He only ends up with 28, but does score 10 rushing touchdowns, almost uh, breaks out into a, into the 1,000-yard rushing threshold in fifteen or in 14 out of the 15 games eligible for this. Um, pretty good year. It was up and down. Chase Edmonds was annoying at some point. Yeah, Chase Edmonds uh, finishes RB26 just yeah. off the list. Uh, he really cut in. Receiving work for Drake, just like you said. Uh, Drake is another guy who's a free agent this year. He didn't exactly go out there and set the world on fire, but nobody really could run for the Cardinals this year. It's not like even when he was healthy, right? Like Chase Edmonds had chances and he didn't really show it either. Be interesting to see what they do as well. And but like like Tom had alluded to in in with Melvin Gordon, he can do everything pretty well also. So even Kenyon Drake can go to a, a situation where maybe he's a backup. Maybe yeah. it's more like a Kareem Hunt role that he's more successful, where he's more leaning toward receiving and not getting as many carries toward the tail end of his career. We'll, we'll see. But it's it, he's a good talent, and there's a lot of avenues to maybe even him coming back to the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but- he really strung it together in the second half of the year with touchdowns, and there was a period of time where he was he was pretty disappointing, and it was just in that middle middle of the year where you really got to get some wins. I think Kenyon Drake owners probably don't feel as happy as they should um, with the actual output that he gave, but yep. um, it is what it is. Yeah, especially for where we drafted him. Honestly, I had him in a dynasty league, and you know, I clicked on his name one day on Sleeper. And it said RB14. And I was like, how in the hell did he RB14? I've had him on my team all year. He's been driving me nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we got another guy, number 13, Antonio Gibson. Now, we thought he could be their workhorse. Tom, are you ready to talk about him yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love this guy. I'm, I'll talk about him any day of the week. Okay, okay, good. I didn't know if the if the injury uh, and him <laughs> your potential championships uh, had you still tilted. No, no, no. He he gets a pass in my book. It's Julio Jones who will be uh, forever hated. Look, Antonio thirteen Gibson, touchdowns in fifteen it, weeks one through sixteen. He was incredible. He did. So here's the thing. We thought, you know, this guy was practically a receiver at Memphis. So you think, oh, he's going to be like this nice third down back. Maybe he'll crack this list as J.D. McKissick did, who's on his yep. team, by the way. And uh, instead, he cracks it the way that, you know, Melvin Gordon does and these guys that we were just talking about. He can truly do everything. They, I, I honestly, I hope J.D. McKissick walks for Antonio Gibson's sake because then he could absorb some of that. And then the ceiling is there is none. It could be like the RB1 type player. Christian McCaffrey 2.0, like Ron Rivera said. Exactly. They give him the goal line. You know, it, he scored so much that it just felt after week one that, like, he was he was going to score. Actually, it was through weeks through seven through 12. He had a touchdown, touchdown, two touchdowns, a touchdown, three touchdowns. And I, that On was Thanksgiving. That, that was that Thanksgiving game, exactly. And I was like – uh, giving the Antonio Gibson speech to my family before the game, during the game, <laughs> around the house. So right. um, the sky's the limit on t- Antonio Gibson. Props to you if you if you drafted him and took the uh, took the risk because he was worth it, even though he crapped out on you. 
the thing that impressed me the most about him and, and one of the things me and Tom talk especially separately about all year, like this guy really is – he's just now being molded into a running back, right? Like he still has so much to learn for his own – developing his own running style and, and how the team works with that, how he works with the blocking scheme to make himself even better. And, and he probably – you know, I don't want to speak for him, but he probably doesn't understand it as well as he potentially could from the background that he came from. So the upside for him is unbelievable, and it was just amazing to see the chances that he got that he made running back plays, right? When contact came, he did not shy away. He put the shoulder down and ran through people. And that was something that I was concerned with. I didn't know if he was going to be one of these dancing type running backs because he was a receiver and a, mm-hmm. and a return man and things like that. But no, this dude's a bruiser and he runs fast. So I am I am incredibly interested in him going forward. And like Tom said, I think he leaves a sour taste in people's mouth and he'll go you know, respect in a respectable range next year. What were those coaches at Memphis thinking that they weren't giving him more touches then? You know, what's really interesting is a kid coming into the draft this year, his name's Kenneth Gainwell. He was the lead back and he's so similar to Gibson. Like he he yeah. he got more of the carries. He had a thousand yard season like when Gibson was a senior or whatever. I won't bore you with the details. But this dude's out playing outside wide receiver as well. He's moving all around the formation. So keep your ears open right. for Kenneth Gainwell in draft season as cool well. Cool name. Number twelve through attrition and attrition only, Mike Davis established himself as an RB one. He played all fifteen games. He was and really, one of them doesn't even count. And really, the games where McCaffrey played shouldn't even count because McCaffrey was just soaking up targets and touches the way he normally does. But Mike Evans saved teams this year. Mike Davis. Mike Evans did his fair share. Mike yeah. Evans saved teams as well. But Mike Davis really yeah. was the lifeguard of the season. Yeah. Mike well, Davis just like, I got this. Mike Evans stat, but nice. <laughs> but, you know, Mike Davis proved he could be the guy, right? Or at least part of the guy. Maybe he, maybe not for 16 weeks because he faded pretty hard down the stretch, even though he finishes as RB12. Uh, the emergence of Curtis Samuel, who we talked about in the wide receivers episode last exactly. week. Exactly. So this was awesome. I think he's actually a free agent. Uh, I would love to see. I would love to see Mike Davis starting running back of like Buffalo, right? And he just splits it with like Zach Moss and That'd be a, a decent combo, I think. Yeah, it's a good spot for him. Yeah, he's similar to those guys. Number 11. This guy missed a big chunk of the middle of the season. Felt like nothing. Nick Chubb is so good. He was leading the league in yards of 20 or runs of 20 yards or more weeks after he was hurt. <laughs> like two or three weeks after he was hurt, he was still leading the NFL in runs of 20 yards or more. Um, he's an incredible talent. Uh, Hunt will always be a touchdowns and will always be a threat. But like I said, he, he can he's one of those guys that could take it to the house from anywhere. And if you remember, Don, he walked out on the, at the one-yard line on a 70-yard touchdown. Yep. So he easily could have, you know, you could throw it in a touchdown on the end if you feel like it. Well, yeah. So, um, He's just too talented to not be picked within the first two rounds. Is Kareem Hunt's contract up? No, he resigned. Oh, that's right. He resigned. I'm sorry. But he's got another two years. He does. Okay. Yeah. That's terrifying. I'm, I'm creating a stat in my head right here, um, drawing off his, his game script or his game data, but it's it's really incredible. So he had 100 yards or more all purpose in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. And, and he played in 11. 
and he played in 11 and many of the 11 that he played in, he really didn't play like week four. He played 18% of snaps, like go ahead and strike. That's that when he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy could, I mean, he's a first round pick in my, in my eyes. He can be RB1 for sure. And if I you're taking your running backs off off of that premise and you're towards the back of the first round, that's a guy that you could you should consider taking. I, I'm, a, I'm in with you on that, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him a lot too. I think he's a great – especially in, in your 12-man leagues, getting him at that 12-13 you – tw- you pick 12, your 12-13, dude, that makes you up. Be happy. No doubt. Chubb was running back seven in points per game. Yes, yeah, uh, half a point a game behind Aaron Jones. 16.6 half PPR per game. Pretty awesome. Yeah, really yeah, awesome. He's still at 1,000 yards. I don't know if we said that, but he's still at 1,000 yards. in 1,000 all purpose, yes. Unreal. I think that by the time draft season comes around next year, we're going to be even higher on him because, you know, you look at the guys who are ahead of him. Um, well, let's go to number ten. I'd probably pick him over them. I'd take. Would you take Chubb over Zeke, Tom? Well, I have a special interest in Zeke, and that's actually I was going <laughs> to bring too, it up. Man. I was going to say like, you know, those stats are like what you used to expect out of Zeke, those hundred yard rushing games and stuff. But right. I, I, I'm here in the defense of Zeke a little bit. In uh, weeks one through five, Zeke was Zeke. I mean, Dominant. he had a touchdown in every game. He had two versus Giants in week five. Actually, wait, actually, when did you track that? Oh, he wait did, a second. When did Dak get hurt? Week five, right? I believe so. Week five, yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was week five or six, but you can tell because Zeke stopped scoring fantasy points after that. So as long as Dak is back, Zeke should be good to go. Um, he actually did not score in week four, but he just put up 20 points anyway. So what's the difference? He was who he was in those first five weeks. I would bet that he would go back to being that. Um, and you know, for that reason, I'm pretty interested in Zeke, probably equally interested in Zeke and Chubb. So those guys would be a great, uh, you know, if I can't have him, I'll get him kind of thing. If you're picking in the back of the first round. Yeah. Or imagine if they, if they fall to like, like I just said before, 12 and 13 in a 12 man draft, you pick at the back, you end up with Zeke and Chubb. That'd be really fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, what about 10 and 11? It's really doable. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, um, and this was by all accounts a terrible season for Zeke on a personal level. He had more fumbles this year, I think, than any year than all the rest all of the fumbles combined. Right? Um, their offensive line was terrible. He lost their quarterback. He looked beat up. He looked slower than he did all year, uh, in his career. He's battling a calf injury, and he ties for the worst performance he's ever had. And that was with in a season where he was suspended for six games. <laughs> so this is like the rock. This is like rock bottom floor. Zeke is that what is you're RB telling 10? me? Yeah, it's RB ten with Andy Dalton, no line, playing through calf injuries. I, I agree, Tom. I'm I'm in. Don't forget about the notch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, if if Dak is not the quarterback in Dallas next year, is Zeke still a first round pick? Depends on who it is, really. Okay. Yeah, because it won't be Andy Dalton. No offense to Dalton. No, no. It's going to be Dak, but, if, you know. Yeah, I, I would love to see Dak back yeah. back there. Yeah, Andy Dalton said he's only going to a team that he thinks he's going to have a, a shot to start at. And if Dak's back, he's not going to have a shot to start. Yeah, there's going to be no. – yeah, quarterback's going to be so go, interesting. Go to go to Indy. They, got a, they, got, they could build a team around – whatever. Not the point of this episode. Number nine, Josh Jacobs. 
Maybe the quietest top 10 season of the year. I like this. I like this finish for him. I'm happy for him. Uh, he's, he caught a lot more passes and he played a couple more games last year. I think he only played 13 games this year. Yeah, I think he played in every single one. Uh, 14, uh, so he missed one. He did one more. Thank you. But uh, doesn't he just feel really safe? Like I feel like, like no matter what happens, he's going to finish in like the 8 to 15 range. Okay. And, with that, you think about these these guys who kind of hovered and then had a huge end of the season. Like I could see him getting like David Montgomery or Jonathan Taylor hot at a certain streak within the season, and that's what jumps you into you know your top five, six, seven running backs. Yeah. So I can easily see that for Josh Jacobs. Um, I think where he was drafted, the people that drafted him, they got to be happy with what they got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like Josh Jacobs just fine. Um, I think that Scott, you're right that he's pretty consistent. I mean, when you're looking at him, even in a full point PPR frame, uh, he really only has a couple duds. He doesn't play week 13 versus the Jets. The Jets were pretty damn bad. I don't know if you heard. So could have been a big one. It could have been a big one. You know what I mean? If he gets 16 games under his belt, uh, one additional to a soft target, he might even jump up a slot in these rankings. Josh how about Jack, perfectly good? I think he's a second. How, how about three points would have got him up to RB seven, so it would have made him jump two spots. Just yeah. just three points against the Jets. So you think he would have got thirty yards versus the Jets? <laughs> I think he probably would have got that each quarter. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting conundrum because we go up to spot number eight. It's Kareem Hunt, and I think the only reason that Kareem Hunt is number eight is because Nick Chubb was only number eleven. By the way, Browns had two RB1s this year. Yeah. Pretty cool. And let's try not to disparage uh, Cone Hunt too badly, who Great by all accounts had an amazing season. I'm yeah. really interested in him. 11 uh, total touchdowns. You know, he, if we're, it all is going to depend on where he's going to go. But, you know, as an RB2 or flex option, uh, I'd love him for mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine he was still on the Chiefs. It would just be unreal. Good Lord. Revenge game. He was billing that as a revenge game in the uh, divisional round. It's crazy thinking that they had him and now they. Yeah. Yeah, it really is wild. Because they had him, I think he was a rookie with Mahomes. So it could have just been the two of them forever. When he came on, he came on. Yeah. Remember the enemy? Catch your breath because we're about to feed your ass. (laughs) Yeah. That was Eric the enemy. That was Eric the enemy. It's it's funny. Mysteriously, it's funny. still only an offensive coordinator. Yep. It's funny how like the the perspective shift on that, at least in my own head, yeah. on who Kareem Hunt is as a football player, and I mean his career is still so young. He, he yeah, he's got he got a whole other contract to go. Yeah. The guy who's probably hurt the most by us doing only weeks one through sixteen is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Why you ask? Well, he broke the Colts' single game rushing record and scored two touchdowns in week 17. Yeah. So with that, and he finishes way higher than where he's at right now. He actually would finish within the top five running backs because it was more of a two point performance. That's pretty good. Yeah. It wasn't 30, though, so he wouldn't have passed my boy. We'll get to him later. Uh, what's, what's amazing for Taylor was he looked lost. Week eight, he was RB21, and it didn't even feel like he was that, right? Um, 
But one of the things that, you know, obviously he comes on like like a freight train and, and, and we all know that that he did that. What an amazing finish to the year. But one of the things that I wanted to highlight that I think a lot of people don't know about him is that he was the last player in the NFL to convert all of his targets, right? So, like, he, he was 33 for his first 33. His first 33 targets he caught. And that was the longest streak from a week's finances in the entire NFL. You can count that on him. But I also think that Jonathan Taylor can actually catch the ball. Oh, yeah. Well, you know? So he can do that. And it was one of the big knocks against him coming into the league. Um, I compare him a lot to Nick Chubb. They, they just remind, he yeah. just reminds me of Nick Chubb, just, I think, from a size and, and speed perspective. But he's an awesome back. Um, and first I, think rounder. I think he's probably not a first rounder, but I think he's definitely a second rounder. He's not Tom? a first rounder for me. He, I mean, because I don't mean to insult him. He's awesome, but you know, your Nick Chubbs, your Zeke Elliotts, and then the top four or five guys that you want to put there in front of them, and plus Devonte Adams, etc. So even Travis Kelsey, definitely Travis Kelsey. How about Dynasty? Uh, he's a hot one. I mean, you could Dynasty, you could Dynasty, you could definitely. Yeah, Dynasty is definitely um, interesting, but you know how running backs are. I do. Um, I do know how it's a it's a That's why position. It's to trade him for all of King Midas's silver because yeah, only, right now, you know, yeah. only the running back shelf life in Dynasty is so short. People hate I mean, to shit. Get it, and then yeah, you know, three years later, you know, I'm in a startup. You know, shout out to my friend Brad, who we had a trade, a big blockbuster trade before the league even started. And he had the first and third pick of the startup draft. Went girly Saquon. It's been a, a tough sled for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. His picks, and I got like pick 17 also, like his future picks and like pick 17. And I built my team around whom? Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. too shady. Yeah. It's crazy how, how, how quickly it can change. For these running backs, and that's what happened for Taylor, right? He, like we said, he was dead in the water halfway through the year, and then you know, in the second half of the year, he was he was everything. Funny you should mention that. Number six, David Montgomery. This is this is a, this is legendary. He was, nuts. He was RB twenty three in week eleven, and he's RB and he finished RB six off of this run. Week 12, 22.8. Week thirteen, twenty five point one. Week 14, 23.0. Week 15, 28.7. Week 16, 19.1. And just for fun, week 17, 23.7. Now, this all wasn't random. It all coincided with a change in play caller with the Bears. Mm -hmm. And what's really important to remember with that is that everyone was rehired from the Bears coaching staff. It's a full turnover. So... They just witnessed what they need to do with David Montgomery. Offense going into next year, I think this guy's easily a top fifteen running back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he averaged twenty one carries over his last five regular season games. Um, Granted, that didn't work forever. You know, he kind of got stymied in the playoffs, but it it it'll be interesting to see what this looks like because there's going to be some things that get shaken up. Um, Mitch Watch Robinson leaves then you're going to probably see a fair amount of game script and shift to David Montgomery. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Montgomery going into next year. Should be an interesting one to watch in drafts, I think. Yep. So Aaron Jones, 
finish his RB5. He was RB2, I think, last year. Uh, touchdowns regressed. Yeah, back-to-back top five finishes. Not too shabby. Uh, touchdowns regressed, but not by much. He scores 10 total. I believe he missed a game in there, too. He scored like yeah, 20. He actually made two games, didn't he? It's hilarious. Yeah, it touchdowns is a regression. Like, a, like cut in half from last yeah. year almost. But, I mean, if you're crushing that 10 touchdown threshold, you're doing something right, and Absolutely. I'm fine with that. And it always feels like the backers could give him the ball so much more. Yeah. But I'm, I never really have Aaron Jones. He's one of the guys that, unfortunately, I I, I could have missed the window to own him as a Packer because he heads into free agency. I was going to say, man. He's one of the guys that always kills me, though. Every time I play against him, I get this bad feeling in my stomach that he's going to score a million fantasy points. And then he, he does. does. Yeah. Someone's going to pay this guy big money. I'll tell you what. If I'm Aaron Jones, I'm looking to stay in the NFC North because he absolutely thrives. <laughs> and, and the Packers are a soft run team. Maybe he should go to uh, the Viking now. Let's let's keep Dalvin <laughs> Cook where he is because we're going to talk about him in a little bit. Uh, but Aaron Jones, I mean, it's interesting because there was that wave of running back contracts that went out. I mean, Chris McCaffrey got paid earlier this year. Then it was uh, Mixon got paid. Alvin Kamara got paid. Um, I think there was even Dalvin Cook got paid. Derek Henry got paid this offseason. And all of that happened, and the Packers didn't do anything with Aaron Jones. And A.J. Dillon has looked very good. They typically take care of their guys, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, I hope he stays, by the way. I, full stop, I want him to stay I don't. and be the lead back in Green Bay. No? No. Because wherever <laughs> he goes, seriously, wherever he goes, he'd be an RB1 just because he had great talent, right? And wherever whoever is the running back for the Packers is probably going to be an RB one. Yeah. So for selfish fantasy reasons, more more RB ones. Okay. More. I think he's more likely, and this is not ballsy of a thing to say whatsoever. He's more likely to stay in RB one in Green Bay. Like he'll finish higher in Green Bay than he would in another destination. I really do think. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's probably fair. Scott, you ready? I don't know if I'll ever be ready. Number four, James Robinson. <laughs> the backbone of my fantasy football season. Is this is this the coolest thing ever? He's a hero. Undrafted. <laughs> this guy was picked up off the waiver in fantasy football. And in real life. As RB4. He was amazing. Yeah, you know, on a one-win team, he is RB4. What was that, Tom? I said, and, and we thought Philip Lindsay had a cool year a few years ago. Yeah, James Robinson was like, hold my beer, buddy boy. Um, you know what's one of the things that I found really interesting, and, and, and Don, it goes to your point. He was on a one-win team and did all this. He is the only Jaguar we have brought up over the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. So nobody else finished within you know, anything worth notable. Gardner Minshew would have been a top 15 quarterback. If he was able to play every week. They they were going out. Yeah, they did him so dirty. They were going out of their way by benching him and by doing other ridiculous things to lose and ensure that they were going to be bad. But James Robinson was like, I don't care what you guys are trying to do. I'm getting mine for my fantasy owners. I know Scott Wagon Blast out there somewhere has me in like six leagues, and I'm going to carry the mail for him. And damn it, he did. Please just let this guy just let this guy be exactly what he was this year. And it's the last two games of the season, too. And they put a little talent around him. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. So I'll be four. I'll be four. I heard they have a high pick next year. New coach, too. Little Trevor Lawrence dump downs, baby. Number three, the big man, Tractor Cito. 
Tom, you're gonna take the lead on this one. I mean, what's left to say? What's, what is there to say? <laughs> My what? notes are rinse repeat. He had 19 <laughs> catches and was RB three. Rinse repeat, baby. Just get him back out there for week one next year. Yeah, I mean, what is left to say? This guy, you, you want to talk about the best ability being availability? Um, this guy goes for 20 carries or 20 touches at least every single game. I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily true. It's kind of funky math, but the only reason it feels like it. is because he's already throttled the team <laughs> to the point that they don't need to use him anymore. Um, and it's a shame we don't count week 17 because that's when he got to play Houston in his second. Oh my God. Where he went to and two touchdowns. Oh yeah. So, he ran for 2000 yards, by the way. Yeah. This guy, you don't have to listen to this podcast for me to tell you that he's good. And yeah. if you want to worry about one little thing, it's if you want to have a tiebreaker at the 101, if you play in standard, he was the running back one. If you play in yep. full point PPR, he was running back three if you count uh, all 17 weeks. Right. So he was half in half PPR, he was running back three. I think, I think that uh, even at the 101, I think a lot of people would call you crazy. I wouldn't call you crazy if you had a Henry first overall. He doesn't miss games, so you and, just get him all the time. And their entire team is built around him. <laughs> he wins weeks by himself yep. all the time. Another guy who wins weeks by himself all the time. The the league leader for running backs in points per game, Dalvin Cook. Um, this was incredible. Not McCaffrey. Not Kyle McCaffrey, thank you. Um, an incredible, incredible season. Another potential 101 candidate. Uh, he had a huge deal. They have a great offense. You got to respect both of their outside wide receivers. Oh, yeah. uh, this is not a team that's a, uh, not afraid to go completely away from throwing the ball, though. Mm-hmm. They run the ball the whole game. They know what they did when they beat the Packers. That's what I mean. They have no issue running the ball the whole game. And if they need to throw the ball at Dalvin Cook, they have no issue doing that either. I'd be fine with him as the 101. I get the injury history. Um, I think for that reason, I would probably lean Derrick Henry mm-hmm. uh, over him. But uh, the receiving upside is definitely way greater in Dalvin Cook's favor. Oh, yeah. You know, we talk about Dalvin Cook, and obviously he's one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. But the availability was always my concern, and it was especially why I was avoiding him at the top of drafts. So to see him get through a game only missing one game, like yeah. that's enough because – like Scott, like you said, second high, or highest points per game for anybody who played more than Christian McCaffrey did right. this year. That's a, that's not something to shake a stick at. And he also misses week 17 because of the death of his father, which our hearts go out to him. That's How awful. About, um, the game that he missed was against Atlanta, and he only needed 21 points to finish as the overall RB1. So if he got 21 points against Atlanta in that game hmm. – very easily could have been our overall RB one. Yeah, and I mean there were time he he held that for a long time too as well throughout the season. He was incredible this year. Yeah, he, he, any doubt I had about him. He's a funny one to go after uh, Derrick Henry because it's the best abilities availability argument. So you know if you want to hang your hat on that, you know that could be a good tiebreaker between the two, which is yeah. where a lot of people will have to be choosing at you know let's say your one two three zone. That is actually correct. one, two, three, four zone. Yeah. How about uh, how about that guy Alvin Kamara? He's in the one, uh, two, three, four zone. Two years in a row. 
Then he was RB, I think, 12 or 13 last year. Right. Played hurt. This year, numero uno. It is important to note that when Drew Brees was starting the games and before Drew Brees' rib injuries and the Taysom Hill experiment at starter, Alvin Kamara was on on pace to catch over 100 passes this season. Right. Would have been the only running back to do that. Six Would have been touchdowns. the only running back that came close. Six touchdowns, one game. Oh, and which game was that against Scott? Week 16 week championship 16. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not only that, he was dropping bombs along the way, too. Oh, yeah. That wasn't the only bomb Remember that Sunday dropped. night game he played against the Packers? Yeah, he was just absolutely dominant. Uh, another guy that has a case for the 101. Um, at this point, Tom, who would you take with the 101? I, I would assume it would be between Kamara, Cook, Henry, and, and probably CMC. Yeah, I think I would still go Christian McCaffrey um, if yeah. I had to choose today especially just because – we don't know what the New Orleans quarterback situation will be, right. uh, 100%. Yeah, and we're talking Christian McCaffrey is still an absolute world beater. He scored two touchdowns every game he played this year. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't accidentally make the top 25. Yeah, he only played three games, but imagine if he did. I mean, he had 80 points, I think it was. <laughs> You know, like that's insane. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I but, agree and, with you. And there you go. Like, how good is Christian McCaffrey? Oh, he played three games all year, and is still going to be the RB one going into next year. <laughs> yeah, like done. We're not th- we're not saying that about Michael Thomas. No, he's not the wide receiver one going into next season. Although I'm interested for Michael Thomas to see where he's going to be going. Be, if he's cheap enough, man. Slant boy, that that quarterback situation is going to be so interesting. Yeah, I don't think he'll be cheap at all. Hmm. It'll be interesting. You know what else will be interesting? The NFC Championship game. Kicking off at around 3 Eastern. Brady v. Rodgers. Brady Rodgers for the first time ever in the playoffs. Could be the last time. Who knows what's going to happen down the stretch here. But, I mean, possibility of some snow showers. This is going to be a cool game, I hope. So, I don't know. I mean, I think you can throw out the last game. I think these are two completely different teams based on how they looked. Ronald Jones had a great game against the Packers, but the Packers have done a good job shutting down opposing running backs uh, in recent weeks. So not necessarily sure you can count on a big game from him. Uh, Jair Alexander been really good for uh, the, the Packers. Who do they put the him secondary. on though? Yeah. It'll be interesting. You know, like to they see. could put him on AB Godwin Gronk. I don't know if AB is going to play. Cause he, I don't know what's up with his knee. He didn't practice Wednesday. Yeah. So, so something to keep your eye on for sure. For those who play daily. And then we got the NFC championship or the AFC championship game, Bills Chiefs, and man, just get out there, Pat. If, as long as you're safe, please get out there because Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes is something that I hope we see. I hope it's the new Brady and Manning, honestly. Like that would be awesome to just see these guys going at it in the playoffs every year for the next 10 years. I hope Brady wins everything. I think I think I'm with you, Tom. I, I I think I want the Brady Super Bowl. I'm rooting hard for Bucks Bills for fantasy reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm big on the underdogs this week. Well, if Brady was on the Patriots, I wouldn't want him to win. You know, and it's not because <laughs> I hate the Patriots or anything. Like I'm a Jets fan, but I I respect the Patriots, all that good stuff. It's just Brady took his nuts out. And, you know, I want to yep. see him finish the job. <laughs> I, I absolutely could not agree with you more. I want to see I want to see him finish this out. I would love to see Rodgers get a second. Of course you would. But I'm a huge <laughs> Packers fan. It just, I'm a huge Rodgers guy. Is that honest. more interesting than Brady doing what he did? It just can't be. No, it's not. No, Brady's it's not. 
Brady leaving and still taking another team to the Super Bowl with another team that was horrible last year. And yeah, people was- like talked so much shit on him in the middle of the season. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, the that's good thing what actually makes Brady get up in the morning. But Don, I'll let you finish the show here. Oh no. Trust me. We can talk about how great Brady and Rogers and Josh Allen and Mahomes are for as long as we need to. But uh the good thing is for some programming notes, once those two games are decided, that's when the real work begins. Because I will be assembling the Super Bowl prop bet pool. It will go live the week of the Super Bowl. We will run through each prop bet that is in there in two weeks. But next week is the run up the score fantasy football awards. One of our one of our favorite and most best episodes of the entire season. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait to see what you guys come up with for awards like next year's Aladdin, fantasy MVP, fantasy rookie of the year, one of the crowd favorites, the desperation stream of the year. Yeah, I got to start thinking on that one. This year's zombie award. Oh, winner. I know mine actually. This is gonna be Jeff th- Wilson, week sixteen. My name is Jeff. Beat that one, Tom. We gotta we gotta do our homework. That's uh, so the winner. Uh, it's the championship. <laughs> the championship always wins. No, there's other. There's other. Go- you guys will find some good ones. Oh, we shall. Uh, see what we come up with next week for the fantasy football awards. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe nominate some of your own guys. Do the work for us. Tell us who you think should win our fantasy football awards. Uh, let us know on Twitter at RutzFF. We will see everybody next Thursday. Enjoy the football, and we will see you soon. For Scott and Tom, I'm Don. Keep scoring.